going on? Welcome to this week's episode of Read the Room. This week's? How about the, this, the next episode of Read the Room? Um, we got an interesting show. We got my guy, uh, Russ Green. He's going to be joining me. I don't know. This is not a uh, coincidence. I just wore the shirt because, you know, I just felt like wearing a green shirt. Um, we haven't talked since we've been, like, quarantined. And he's with his, he's with his kids, all four of his kids at home daily. And, you know, we'll see what happens because I'm not sure what, <laughs> what he's been doing. Um, I'm excited. All right. So let's see what Russ is. Let's see if he can make it in. Here he is finally. <laughs> Connecting to audio. Ah, there we go. I can't hear you. <laughs> What's up, man? There you go. What's hey, going on? on? I'm going to do something real quick. Hold on. Yeah. Let me see if I can. You on your iPhone? Yeah, dog. There we go. We got it now, baby. <laughs> Why do people like these ugly ass like backgrounds? <laughs> hey man, I'm in Wakanda over here. Y'all. Don't talk about my. <laughs> oh okay. My, <laughs> my bad. My no disrespect. Fuzzy or some shit. No, you can see the outline of the Hold king. On, let, me, let me let me find a better joint. <laughs> <laughs> I need something that's like definitively lit. You've been wait. You've been waiting to do this. Yeah, man, everybody else has got it but me, man. I'm jealous of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to be on a tropical vacation, too. It's only six of them. You got to, like, go find them. No, you can make them. Yeah, you, yeah I'm sure. There is a, uh, 
There's this other oh, thing. Dog. Here we go. I got you now, baby. There's, an, there's another one in here for just straight up, like if you if you have a green screen. Yeah. And because I have a green shirt on, this is what it does. <laughs> it just puts whatever. Here we go. Just whatever yeah, the background is. How did you, where did you get that one from? Did you download it? I just, I just went to Google Images and downloaded Bali. Kinda? Because it looked, it oh, looked serene and lit. So I was like, why not, yo, let me. <laughs> why not like, um, uh, what's the other spot that everybody goes to? Dubai? <laughs> no, <laughs> um. Going to Dubai forever, yo? Yeah. And that kind of fell off. And then the French Riviera was big. Saint-Tropez. I don't know a lot of people that went there. I do know that there's like, I've, I've decided that 2020 is a wash. Yeah. So I'm just saving my chips and like watching my, <laughs> watching my account balance get higher and my yeah. credit, credit balance go lower. I know. Stacking my money up and just as soon as they say we're free, nigga, I'm on a plane, yo. I'm balling West out. Africa, here I come. <laughs> you got to get your ticket now, though. Yeah, mm, I, I don't trust these corporations, dog. These Why not? these airlines are gonna go under. You think so? Fuck yeah! I mean, you can't have that many empty planes with the expensive jet fuel, dog. Yeah. I mean, Delta might be all right. They have like an oil refinery, but I'm talking about like these little mom and pop. Bitches that I fly. <laughs> spirit ain't gonna make it. You don't think spirits? Hey, yo. you won't see me buying no Spirit Airlines ticket. Hell no. no. I want to buy. I want to buy uh, this airline. <laughs> this airline that I flew to Cape Verde, dog. Their um, their shit. Someone told me that they bought their airline for five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> 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 they only have three planes <laughs> uh -huh. that, and they travel internationally, dog, like intercontinental. And <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of it? It's Cabo Air. Cabo Air? Yeah, it's Cabo Verde Airlines. They're the worst thing I've ever flown in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you ever flown on Alaska Air? I love Alaska. Really? Alaska's my, my number one favorite airline to fly. Wow. I never you know, Alaska even... bought Virgin. Oh, I didn't know that. And Virgin is like was touted as the best of the best. Yeah, but they only go to like five five cities though, back and forth. No, they go uh, they go all over the West Coast. Of course, you can get a flight direct from DC, mm. either DC or Dallas, right to San Francisco. You can go to Vancouver. Like the shit is lit, dog. Yeah, quietly Vancouver's on my list too. Vancouver? I want to go someplace that's not around a lot of people. Like, unless I want to see people. Like, in Vancouver, you can go hiking and shit. You can go kayaking. You can do shit for you without worrying about other people not wearing a mask and shit. So no Toronto, then? You know, that's my... Did I tell you that's my favorite city? Really? It's that's more. Like my, it's most diverse, right, in Canada? I don't know. I don't know, actually, the actual demographics, but I know there's some bad bitches over there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dog, Canada is just lit, period. Just... they There's a different standard over there where it's just natural beauty in other words like they take care of themselves and then they don't uh try to cover up all the shit with like 
makeup and all of this. They're just naturally beautiful. This sounds like Tim mythology. I don't, I don't know many women that don't wear makeup. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is quarantine is exposing the women that, that are naturally beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the ones whose nails look right and whose right. skin is on point whose hair is already like natural. They've been in, they've been natural. They were born that way and they kept it that way. Yeah. So like the IG that I look at now is who's representing on that front. So I'm like, ooh, these. The same <laughs> ones though. They still vicious, you know? Yeah. The same ones. It ain't, it ain't no. gonna be no different just because we can't like get our hair cut or we can't get like <laughs> our net, uh, like grooming or whatever. But then I, I think it's actually helping a lot of people learn how to groom themselves because Thanks. we got time, we got like the internet, um, there's all kind of classes you can do. So I feel like you can save a lot of money right now. I mean, forcefully, but people saving cash, man. Cause what's the barber? <laughs> the barber's $40 a week. To learn how to cut my son's hair and therefore cut my hair and do my all three of my daughter's hair so I can be that nigga, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know how to do it, but my hands cramp. Because yeah. like, all of my daughters have really it's, tight coiled hair. It's muscles that you got to exercise. Yeah, and your back gets all fucked up. And yep. Your shoulders and your hands cramp up. Like, yep. once I get to, like, the four-hour mark, I'm like, I call my sister. Or, like, yeah. or I call, you know, their mom and I'm like, yo, you got to <laughs> tag out. You know what I'm saying? Come get it. I don't know how, I don't know how like women do that, but I guess that's what they practice. Like we didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't see my, my dude's hair and be like, yo, let me do your hair right quick. My, you know, <laughs> sit, sit down, sit down on my lap, nigga. Yeah. Cause sit between my knees like they do in prison. Yeah. It's prison, prison cornrows. <laughs> no, no. You going to sit at the, at the step below me and I'm going to sit above and I'm going to do your hair, man. Don't worry so about we, it. My dick's going to be right on your shoulder. Bro. Right. Don't worry about it. It's not right. sexual. I mean, that is. <laughs> I'm going to do the intro separately, but we already in the conversation now. But I just hate the, I mean, okay. Here's a theory I have about barbershops. Barber Speak on it, Tim. And how homophobic they are. And the reason <laughs> the the place is homophobic, but not the people in it. The no, the people. Some of the people, right? <laughs> now this is me coming from uh, growing up in Texas, and Wake then go. and then going to the army. Yep, Wake, and then going to the army, and then having Hoorah. to move different places to get my hair cut in different cities, which so is always I, the L. Yeah, look, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight up. <laughs> he said, this is not genetic. This, you this know, is, this, this is, is chronic bad hair. Yeah, <laughs> man. This is not, it doesn't run in my family, bro. But it really does, though. That's the thing. <clears throat> um, That's hilarious. But no, every barbershop was just, had this underlying homophobia. Uh, like, and I, I think I have a theory. I have a theory on it. It's is your fact, theory that the black men are homophobic and conditioned to be? <laughs> it could it could be that, but also it's funny <laughs> if okay, okay. So you're in this environment. Yes, we are conditioned to be homophobic as black men. I mean, just the nature of the way we high side on each other. I mean, the way we talk shit about each other. The way I know we. What high side is, oh, okay. Is that <laughs> is that an East Coast thing too? 
No, it's not East Coast at all. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but you but, know, my family, you know, I spent like 10 summers in the gum. Montgomery, Alabama. There you go. All right. So that's a a Southern thing. But we high side (laughs) on each other. The first thing you say is that's gay or you gay because you have like Pumas instead of Nikes or just whatever. Everything that you make fun of somebody about is the fact that it is them being gay. And then you. Because we associate uh, homosexuality and gay culture with weakness. Yeah, yeah. Negative and weakness. Yeah. And we associate, um, if you think about the actual act, we think about penetration as something is about dominance. Yep. And, and to be, and to receive is something of weakness. Yeah. The woman receives. Like, you, right. you my bitch now, because you yeah. receive <laughs> me. That's why prison is so funny, because all these right. hardcore dudes, as soon as they get to prison, they go, I'm going I'm to give me some man, I'm going to get me a man and have sex with him. And everybody's you know like, you know cool. Man, that's that's cool. So bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody's like, cool. We ain't out on the street. So no, I mean, give I'm what you can. You, but I'm not gay. Though. I'm not yeah. gay. I don't get why that's a problem. That's not I mean, gay of me. You suck my dick. <laughs> right. You the one that did it. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> so my barbers, the barbershop theory though is. They are, barbers every day are going to make other men look good. Like, that's their job, is to make (laughs) other men look attractive. Like, yeah, yeah, nigga, I'm a a grown-up, I'm a a man, come sit down, brother, have a seat. And just like we was talking about with the, the, come on, sit down at at the lower stoop, that's what they do every day. So, of course... You know what you're admitting by saying this, right? You're Go ahead. You're admitting that men behave in a way that's like largely predatory. So if you submit yourself to sit between a man's legs, then you're you're automatically in a space that's sexual, right? And that's very uh, that's very problematic is to think that way. I think this like circles back in one of the conversations that we um, delved into before when we were talking about the reality of of men being conditioned not to experience or or accept with with a wholeness and fullness intimacy mm. you know what i'm saying like we talk right. about different things like how men seek sex as a way to feel intimacy and right to, and to demonstrate intimacy as opposed to you know just being like you know tim i love you you know yeah. you're my big brother you're one of my favorite dudes you look great yeah. today i love that cap on you you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like like niggas don't do that you know what i mean we don't we don't build each other enough try to and we feel that like one of the things that I, I think is really troubling and one of the things I've discovered about myself even is that I see affection as something that's like, I'm still discovering how to do, right? Uh, at, like, 40. Uh, huh? at 40. At 40. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because 40. we, yeah, we were both, I, I find myself, I find my, it's easier for me to show affection to my daughter. Yes. Then it would be, I mean, my daughter, my girlfriend, then it would be to show to another guy, though. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I feel like I'm one of the more uh, open guys that I know. Mm. Like, I've hug, I can hug a man. Like, I've hugged other dudes. I had a girlfriend, and she had a gay friend. 
Mm-hmm. And when I saw him, I would hug him. Because and he dead. would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why me and her broke up is because <laughs> me and him. <laughs> Every time we went to the barbershop, they kicked us out. What's that? Was. Yeah. <laughs> I was way more attracted to him than I was to her. Right. Once he hugged me, my penis got hard. In the rest right. Of the <laughs> exactly. So, but. No, I think. Yeah, go ahead. That's that's uh, good. But you think it's problematic to think that way? I'm talking about just the homophobic guys that are in there. I'm not talking about everybody. I think I'm saying homophobia is a cultural phenomenon. It's not it's not it's not specific to just black men. It's also within the black church. It's in black families. It's something that we. in, In black households, we try to suss out because we already feel oppressed and, you know, being a part of an oppressed, you know, group, we don't want to add more complexity to it. Right. Um, you can see that specifically now with like the black trans movement. You know, we, mm. we're just in the way that I said black trans. Yeah. And not as a, as a way to make it an out group thing instead of an in group thing. They're still within the group of black. Right. It's right. still another way that black people are suffering. But yeah. we're always trying to other and put ourselves in the different positions of black privilege and power. So for me, it's like when I enter a lot of spaces, I try I try to recognize that, you know, not to stand on a right on self-righteousness, but I may have a differing opinion than most of the people there, you know? And mm. I try to vibe, you know, and stay like within my fullness and within my light by just being authentic about like what I believe. And not and trying also not to like judge people or begrudge them for theirs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you think the what do you think religion plays in this whole thing? Because most of us grew up <clears throat> religious and that's a whole nother level to uh the homophobe, like the judgment of certain activities that you do. I played well, soccer and everybody was like, hmm? you, you like soccer? So, so you like to wear short shorts. And so you dance. like shorts and run around <laughs> kicking balls. Mm? You like to build up tension by not scoring. Right, <laughs> right. That's like tantric sex, soccer. Right. It's just built. <laughs> Nobody score. One, one team scores two points. <laughs> And, then, and it's like that was a good game. Like, right. no, it wasn't. So, so you like to wear shin guards and knee pads? Oh. Is that what you said? It's like and a. It's. It's like <laughs> they try to. It's like they try to do a roadmap to gay. Like everything leads to gay. Everything you. So, so just let me understand this correctly. And they always have to know if you're gay, which I that always bothered me when people say that. It's like, are you gay? I I want to know. Not to me, but I mean, like on like shows or whatever, I'll see it, and they'll do this thing where they'll go, "Are you, are you gay?" I, it's no, I don't have a problem with it, but I, I just want to know. Like for me, that speaks to everybody <laughs> centering their thinking what? about people in identity and like assigning it a value, right? Yeah, There's a value maybe. structure that's behind the scenes that plays out in spaces that we enter. Right. So yeah. if I walk into a room full of women and I'm the man, mm-hmm. then I know that I'm representative of all men at that point. And I'm already right. a suspect. I'm already like got my like, okay, shorty, like relax. <laughs> which way is this gonna go? Is this a, right. this a vibe? Like if it's the beauty salon, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just be quiet. If it's Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> yeah, you shut the mouth like, in there. If it's like I'm like entering like um like, uh, like if it was my significant other, like I walked in on a, like a, her book club or some shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, okay, that's this is your space. You do what you will. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? 
or if like now the culture is like Zoom calls, you know what I mean? Like if I walk into a Zoom call and it's a bunch of it's a bunch of women, you know what I mean? The first question is automatically, who is that? You know, who is that dude? Yeah, and what <laughs> what is his like? Uh, what is his? What's his what's role? What? How do we right. assign him a value? Yeah. Like, how, mm -hmm. What is his relationship to us through you? You know what right. I'm saying? How, what's his how motive? Do you mean this person. Yeah. Right. And, but also, like you know, I try to recognize that, um, and I think you're right. This is forty. Like you really are centered in yourself a lot. Yeah. Because you're going through another crisis of identity. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the halfway point yeah. of my life. I've learned a lot. I have some knowledge. I have some wisdom. I made a bunch of mistakes. I'm finally willing to own them. But I want to make better choices. You know, right. I leave behind a legacy now. Do I want to still be homophobic and xenophobic and problematic as fuck? <laughs> you know <what> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's you know, that's it, really it. I mean. I think you're trying to not be, you're trying to not piss off anybody, but you're also trying to not be disrespected. Yeah. And walking that line is tough because there's people on one side that are waiting to disrespect you right. on purpose, but also on accident. But then you got <laughs> the other side of people that you don't want to take advantage of, but you want them to know, hey, I'm cool. Like, don't think I'm trying to disrespect you. Yeah. So, and then of course the you most, got the, go ahead. The thing, the thing that I can like, the immediately jumped to, to mind was, um, I was pulling up, uh, I was pulling up to, to the house with the whole family in the car. I was and, gonna ask you, know, you about that. We, we have, <laughs> What's been we happening? Have, we, have a, we have a minivan, right? This is a wild van. Yeah. So these cats were, you know, these kids were playing in the street. They're teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like two of them have their shirts off. The other ones are just, you know, talking shit or whatever. Da, da, da. They're not moving out the way. So yeah. I slowly creep up. They finally move out the way, and I pull into the spot. And as soon as I jump out the car immediately, this is when I knew I was grown. I jumped out the car immediately and just walked over to them with my hands out, like, <laughs> like you know. Like, yeah. I, and I started, I, the way I started let, let me know I was grown. I was like, look, young brothers, like, I understand that y'all want to have fun. And, you know, it's, it's all good times or whatever. And I wish you nothing but peace. But y'all can't just be standing in the middle of the street. Right. You know I mean, that's, that's very dangerous. Your lives are worth more. Value yourselves. And also, I'm coming through here with my family. You know what I'm saying? You guys, you see me pulling up. It would just be nice, you know what I mean, if you guys could step to the side so I could pull into my space. Right. As soon as I, as soon as I started saying any of that, you know what I'm saying? The nigga was like, oh, he got on Skechers. You know what I'm saying? Like, all <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, like, took all the wind out of the same. You can't, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. You can't, cause you can't curse them out, cause these niggas will swing on you. These little, <laughs> these little dudes will swing on you. But you're right, that ass whooping is coming. Here's it's coming. Part of it's the forty year old wisdom is understanding that you can't beat six teenagers. No, you can't. You just you're not gonna do it. No, you can't. <laughs> you're beat. not Bruce Lee. Okay? No, you're not you can't. Jeffrey. Like, if you're a certain size and a certain, like, you got to be a fighter. You got to be fighting all your life. To, and be willing to like, not die, but willing to fight. I'm not fighting. If somebody like people, somebody my age, if we got drama, right? I'm gonna talk to them loud. Right. But we both, we both gotta understand and like, I mean, we ain't fighting right. Like, he ain't coming to that. I'm gonna cuss your ass out, but well, we ain't gonna fight. I got insurance, like I'm not fighting. Grown niggas, don't want to be hit. They don't want to fight. We don't want to fight, man. We just don't want to be hit. 
Right. And we don't want to be tired. We don't want to sweat out our clothes. Tired. That's number two. <laughs> That's the worst. That dog. Fight tired is the worst tired. <laughs> like, you got to defend yourself and you win it. Like, like where's my inhaler? <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, my, you pull your shoulder, like muscles you ain't worked out in a while. You pull your shoulder out trying to, you hurt your pinky. Like, I'm not, I'm not fighting. Hey, hey, let's, 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 uh, let's quantify this. <laughs> when is, when is the last fight you remember being in? I was in, uh, uh, the army. So, and it 18. wasn't really a, it was like a 19, 18, 19. <laughs> <clears throat> we just so pushed he, each other. And that was it? That was it. People came, broke it up. So here's my thing. If you have lived more of your life not fighting than fighting, you're not a fighter now. You're not a fighter. <laughs> but if you have like these young kids and you walk over to them, you're risking the, like one of them being disrespectful. You're risking one of them not being raised right and being like, man, man, <laughs> fuck this. And then swinging goofy on you. Ass, right? Yeah. yeah. This nigga got on Skechers. He's this goofy, right? Goofy Skechers wearing ass nigga. No, you got off lucky. <laughs> no. no, see, here's, here's how. They just I made fun of you. That's it. They didn't start swinging and shit. Here's how I approached it. Number one, I expected that to come. Number two, <laughs> um, as a comedian, I laughed because it was mad funny, right? And number three, like, I walked in with the knowledge of the neighborhood, right? Like, Right, this okay. is where like cultural awareness is like pivotal. Like we talk right. about the main issue with police shooting is you have white people from from another like county, from another right. like state even, right. come in to do a job in a different state and work in communities they know nothing about with no right. background, no context. So that's just automatic disrespect because you're coming with mad assumptions. I came with nothing but respect and peace. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I was out there looking for this, their best interest and mine is mutually beneficial. I got mm -hmm. clowned in the process, but of I course. know for a fact, you know what I mean, every day that I can drove up since then, them niggas don't be in the street like that. You know what right. I mean? So they heard me. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that I had to learn. This is what I learned ultimately in as 40 and like um, going through marriage counseling. Like, I'd rather be heard than be right. Like, Damn. you may have won the day, young sir, young, young sketchers, jester, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, but you heard me, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And my ego is not set up to like <clears throat> fall to pieces because you got me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm right. like, hey, you you won. That is funny. But get your, but get your black <clears throat> ass out the street. Though. Yeah, just get out the street. But you was gonna get you was gonna get them jokes. I see what you're saying though. Yeah, because, I knew the jokes were coming. Yeah, it's not like they just completely. Did. And he said it to you, right? Which that's a, like another level of no. I'm a def I'm I'm a defend everybody. Right. I'll say some shit that everybody can laugh at. But on the, yeah. in the, on the inside, I'm going to be like, okay, sir. Right. Because when you're 15, you got to show dominance to your crew. Right. You yeah. got to be the leader. You want to be the chief fuckboy. You know what Whatever you think the leader, whatever you think the leader is, like the leader. Well, it just comes back around to what we were talking about earlier. It's all about like how men are conditioned to behave a certain way. It mm -hmm. lacks affectionate intimacy. Like I came at him with a language that he probably wouldn't even interpret. Yeah. Like, look, peace, love, and understanding is not what yeah. you grew up when you're 13, 14, 15. Everything 13, 14, 15 is nigga, you gay. Yeah. You, know <laughs> you gay. Y'all let that dude talk to y'all. Y'all let that gay nigga with that family talk to y'all like that. <laughs> 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 that
that's everything you do. If you got on sketches, right. if you got on, if you got on an outfit they don't like, you gay, right. like or funny. I don't know. Funny was worse to me. I, I used to hate like the iffy, like hey, I think he might be funny kind of shit. No, gay was always the number one. Or or gay? No, it was okay. So if, in the hierarchy of disrespect, as a young black teen, it was it was number one was bitch. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You were a bitch. That's fighting. They don't like you. And then it was gay. Yeah. And then soft. Those were, that was the hierarchy. Yeah. Soft was um. Yeah, I, soft was I want to fight you, but. I don't know how I would look after I fought you. Right. Like, right. I think you, I can whoop your ass. You beat the you beat the artsy nigga? You beat, <laughs> beat up this this nigga got on sketches. Nigga to be painting his locker? Yeah, you beat that nigga? <laughs> and then you, people get mad at you for beating why you do him like that, man. You ain't have to beat Roscoe like that. To, you ain't have to beat him up like that, man. <laughs> if you a bitch, like you did something, like you right. snitched on him. Right. You said something in front of his girl that got him in trouble with his girl or something like that. Like, you did something that a bitch would do. <laughs> I lost you. Oh, here I am. I'm sorry. My bad. Dog. Oh, okay. I was going to say you muted yourself. I was over there fucking with the screen. I, I swiped just trying to see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um have you seen the video of the, the speaking of disrespect there's a couple and they're walking like up the street and then uh like a a gang of young dudes walk in between the dude and the girl and one of the young dudes start grabbing on the girl what the fuck yeah yeah have you i wish i could show Show it to you without like. There's no right way to be in that. Like, <laughs> there's no right. Like you, like those are one of those situations where you you have to defend your lady. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, what? And, Again, and no six dudes though. Do, like, <clears throat> this is like you know this is this is one of those things. The situational awareness, right? Right. So if you walk through. If you if a group of teenagers walks between you and your lady, it, the disrespect is automatic. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like mm -hmm. okay, they're trying to be disrespectful. Now, if you know most mature Negroes, like you know you and I, would just clasp pants once the niggas pass through. But you know what I'm saying? Resume, you know, resume program. <laughs> but, if, but if these niggas like grabbing up on shorty, uh, like that's, yeah, that's just so out of pocket. And then it's really a man thing. It's not even about her at all. She's just the it further just like enforces this structure of like patriarchy. Like this is just an object to me. Yeah. But this is your object. It's so your object, so I'm gonna take it. <laughs> right. But luckily, like the women that I would date are all like, you know, Black Belt Jones, Cleopatra Jones on the inside. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, but okay, so this kind of goes down to how has she been raised? Because she might want you to def defend her honor. Like There's what no her idea alive. of what a man would do. But right, a lot, but, but a lot of experience I've had with situations like that, it's like, no, baby, don't do anything. They're just young and stupid. Of course, of right? course. And then you got to go home and do your, like, Monday morning quarterback shit. <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I would have fucked. Stole on that nigga. I should have <laughs> just walked up to him one time and just rapped on him. Right. Have you ever had if any? I just, if I just hit his jaw one time, one time, because and no, you would have been dead. In every '80s movie, there was the One Punch Knockout. You just wanted to be that nigga. Right. Like we grew up on One Punch Knockouts and Mike Tyson, so we all thought that we had the power to knock a nigga square out. To yeah. Out. You know, I got, you know how how you got to catch somebody at the right velocity. And then, like, you got to really, people moving, there's other people fighting with you. You're not going to catch nobody, like, square like that. But once again, it was six other dudes. You said it was a group of niggas, right? It was a group. It was like six six dudes. Once again, you're not beating six niggas. No. And you're getting stomped out after. (laughs) They're not going to punch you. The the one that knocks you out ain't just going to punch you and be like, well, that's it. And then leave. No, they was looking for, that's the other thing. They was looking for the fight, too. A lot of times they be looking like if they can't get women, if they can't get women, then they gonna go and find some dude with a woman and fight her. And that's the start shit. That's that's the that's where the emotional maturity comes in. Yeah, you you tapped into that right away and be like, "Look, bro, I'm out here with my lady. You know what I'm saying? There's no need for this. Like, what you did is mad disrespectful. You know, you should apologize to my lady for disrespecting her and disrespecting yourself. I ain't ain't apologizing to shit, nigga." I ain't hey, apologizing well, this shit. I ain't hey, got a phone number you? tonight. Right. <laughs> like they just be honest. Everything. Every girl I try to talk to, they didn't like how I smell, and I don't like yeah. that shit. Right. Right. Now you, so I'm disrespecting now you, gotta, you now. Now you got to counsel the nigga. Like it's okay, young brother. Look, brother. <laughs> it happened to me too. I've been there. You ain't been there, man. Yeah, no, like, yeah. You ain't been there, nigga. You got good hair. I don't know. You got. <laughs> they just start giving you compliments and shit. Like your teeth are fixed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Just, your knuckles not ashy, dog. You ain't struggling like me. <laughs> Look like you ate today. Yeah. Did you eat today? I didn't. These ain't these are my cousin's clothes, nigga. Hey, so, let me tell you what happened today. This is kind of similar to this shit. It's first of all, okay, break down. Okay, break down the family dynamic now with the with the pandemic. Are is are they all going? Are they going back and forth, or are they staying with you, or is everybody together? Well, what number one was still a family. Right. So right. it's it's all about like what we've negotiated and what we've decided now is to do like um, a switch midweek because there's no such thing okay. as like the weekend anymore. Right. Right. It's just days that they have to do their schooling. Yeah. And days so that do they that. don't like I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and she does Thursday, Friday. Right. So okay. the kids are over my place Sunday night through Tuesday night. She'll come over mid afternoon, Wednesday, we'll have lunch as a family or play a board game or something. And then they'll go back to her place and they're there through Saturday night. And like tonight, you know, like right after this call, I'll do movie night. Just like, you know, old times, just like, you know, what it was before. Mm. What we realized is that we had to have the emotional maturity to realize we're in a crisis. And right. what we're doing, what's, what's required of us is crisis management. Right. And, not, and, not, and that's already a stressful situation and not to add any more stress to it with our drama. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. right now we're focusing on just keeping the peace and keeping everybody healthy and balanced. And like we've come with conditions to even like figure out like how we're gonna work through shit. Like if we wanna talk about the relationship, we're not gonna do it sober. <laughs> you know what I'm saying we're gonna be high. Yeah. Because you know, when you're high, the, the propensity for violence is extremely low. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and then you're just kind of giggling at your, yourself. You're more self-reflective when you're high. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we always try to create the right environment 
to have hmm. that kind of conversation. It's like um, something I read about this, this older married couple, they were offering wisdom and they said, you never just start a conversation. Yeah. You ask um, to initi initiate a conversation and what would be the right time. It's kind of like if your lady was watching TV, you wouldn't walk in the room and be like, bitch, we watching this right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'd yeah. be like, hey, hey, I see you're watching this. Do you mind if we watch the show later? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she said, if she consents, then you guys sit down and you meet and convene and all that. So that's kind of where we are, yo. Yeah. And it's um, nice because, you know, they get, they get to see, like, you know, the two different dynamics. Each of us gets a built-in me day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And kind of just, I don't know about you, but my me time is super important now in the age of, like, shelter in place, quarantine, all this shit. Right. Like, I need to kind of, like, sort through mm -hmm. my shit so I'm not walking in with, like, mad energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Honestly, that's all I've had is a lot of me time. Oh, where okay. I go, I go visit uh, in Maryland twice a week, and then a, once on the weekend. Yeah, just like I did before. But during the day, I work from home. I think we work for the same company, and we B A H. No, I, I'm not with them anymore. Oh, you left? Okay, but yeah, yeah. I've been I've been teleworking, and most what of the day say? I'm at home. Is it like mandatory telework? indefinitely or what so the last i heard and this was yesterday is we're not going back until the end of the year at the earliest That's and even then it's going to be kind of sporadic yeah so like varying a, a days b days like a group goes in on these days b group goes in on that day it depends on the team mm -hmm. some teams yeah. of course are like who's going to work now are mission essential Right. And and then they change it like so the different levels, they're gonna start going in in different groups. We're like low. So we can go in, we can almost go in now, but one at a time, kind of. And, it's, and it's like put on a hazmat suit <laughs> if you're going in. They put on a hazmat suit, they take your temperature with the forehead thing. You gotta walk around with a thermometer and a mask, like just complete and then clean off your area when you get done just complete like you know see that sounds like that would be so much for anxiety dog like it would just yeah. be so much easier to stay home like yeah. I, i've never been so more easy. happy to not have a top secret clearance you know what i'm saying because really like, my niggas that have to go into the skiff like they they have to go in every day like well, me see, i don't have to do shit dog. yeah this so is, i've been this, lucky though even with the closest the i've felt towards receiving reparations in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like I've been home. I'm, so I'm home all day yeah. and I'll go to, I'll just go to Maryland in the evening. Like I would usually do. And um, it's, it's working out pretty good. I like that idea though, of just like, I feel like I'm saving money too. Cause I don't have to spend it on gas. I don't have to, I right. haven't been, I've been to the, I went to the cleaners today. And I haven't been in a long time. I, all, I, all I've been doing, Tim, is just aggressively paying down my debt. I know, and then, yep. And then just watch, looking at, looking. I looked at my check, checking account balance <clears throat> like three times a day just to make sure what I'm seeing is real. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like once I identified like the, <laughs> the problem was me the whole time, yep. I was like, yo, I was really just throwing money away. Yep. Randomness. Yep, just stupid shit. And then I work, when I go to the building where I work at, I eat lunch down there every day. That's $30 a day almost. That's ridiculous, dog. Just 
you know, because I don't, I'm too lazy to bring lunch or I'll say to myself, oh, I can get lunch tomorrow at work. <laughs> now I'm cooking every day. Yeah, I love it. Me and my crock pot. I love it. Uh, we've, been, we've been working hard, yo. I'm like breaking it out. Some, uh, like a chicken burrito mix, you know what I'm saying? Nice. So I, I cooked like a big pot of rice. Then I made the chicken burrito mix separate. I was making yep. burritos for the kids for days, dog. I yep. that shit off today. I made chili the other week, yo. I got a big chili. That's my uh, that's my next conquest. What kind, though? Where'd you get the recipe? What I do is I look at the most popular recipes that like mm -hmm. pop up in the Google search, and then I try to identify which of those ones are from Black Hands, and then and then that's the one that I trust <laughs> is the source. <laughs> what's the What's the identifying ingredient? What's the <laughs> when you when you look at the amount of seasoning, you can always tell. If the shit says like half a teaspoon of salt, then you know that wasn't black hand. That ain't, no, no, no. If, if it's, if it, actually, if it's a precise measurement, you know, yeah. you know it's some bullshit. Put if some salt in there. Put some paprika. Say, eyeball it. Or yeah, yeah. Use a generous amount. Yeah. <laughs> liberal. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. Black liberal amount of, <laughs> season, boy, season it in parentheses. Right. <laughs> One recipe was like, put some salt on it. <laughs> yeah, put some salt on it. Stop being a bitch and put some salt on that thing. <laughs> your gay ass. Your gay ass. <laughs> Make the chili. Make chili like a... <laughs> Be a fucking man. Yeah. <laughs> put some salt on that shit. <laughs> oh, right quick. Can we go back? Have you ever had a dude try to holler at your girl while you're with her? No. I had, The closest I've come to that level of disrespect is... Well, two stories coming to mind. One, the first story that jumped in my head was my boy and I were at Republic Gardens. This is like back in the day, like early 2000s. And my Public ex was Garden. there. Yeah. My ex was there. And, you know, I'm not vain or anything, but all of my ladies are very attractive. You know what I'm saying? I've been very, right. been very blessed. So, you know, we're still friendly, and she's got a group of girls that are all fine. And my nigga was like, yo, your ex is giving me vibes. Would you be mad if I spit at her? And I was like, number one, I don't believe that because she's not wild like that. <laughs> but she might be though. That's what but they. Number two, but number two, if you want to holler at her, go for it. I can tell you exactly how to pleasure her. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. This is how you want to? If that's how you want to rock, live your life. You know what I'm saying? But mm. you know, I'm not in that shit. But I, but why though? My other question was why though? Like we're in a club full of women. Why is what's <laughs> Why is this the only one you want today? Because cause we go for easy, usually. I think, we, I think we go for familiar. Hmm, that's a good point. There's a lot of dudes uh, that have dated other comedians. Well, I can't talk. I got a baby by another comedian's ex-girlfriend, so I can't talk too much <laughs> shit. But <laughs> Wait, I love how you started with a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I did that. That was me. <laughs> I did that, that shit. Me, right. <laughs> so yeah, they because they're familiar. They've seen them around, and then they break up, and then you see them after, and they say, "Hey, I know you, and I, I know you too." Ha <laughs> ha. But it's <laughs> also respectful because it's kind of like, well, if Russ could fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and I know I can hit. <laughs> no, I mean that 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 wasn't what I thought, but I it just progressed to that. But some dudes probably do. I think for me, sure like the ultimate situation is just like, again, guys aren't willing to step in their fullness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And a 
a lot of what that really was is just patriarchy playing itself out. Like this is this was your object. <laughs> now it's a, a a free agent object. Right. And I play with your toys type of Yeah, situation. yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, even like looking back on it as an adult, it's like even the thought of like I can teach you how to like pleasure her. That's this all possessive nonsense. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like um what I know now is just like nobody is mine. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't own anybody. Like it's like the way I think about even parenting. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't own my children. Right. You know, or even you know they are they came through me or you know or through you know my wife. You know, mm -hmm. so then you know they're they're people of us, but they're not ours. You know, yeah. we don't have dominion over them. We are their custodians while they're here in this physical walk. We want to make sure they have the best like you know input. Are yeah. we pouring in the right things to them? Yeah. That's even and what that, led me to get to this space of like being separated. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not being my best self, so I know I'm not pouring in the right shit. Yeah. Like the the batter's fucked up, so this recipe's gonna be, be fucked up. Yeah. And that's bad for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I I can I can uh um I can go along with the with the kid thing. So for for a while with my daughter, she's six now, but you know, every now and then and they grew I grew up fast. I know. And she is, she like talks and shit now. Like, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. Before she wouldn't, she doesn't, she doesn't talk. She would just kind of just chill out, be quiet. Every now and then she has her quiet moments. Okay. But so I, I would try to hug her to your point of like, these aren't my possessions. Yeah. I would try to hug her and pick her up. And she would be like, no. Like, don't pick me up. And I would be like, oh, I have to, I can't, yeah. I can't pick her up. Yeah. So I had to bring myself down and go, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't want to be picked up, so I won't pick her up. Yeah. Let, and, her, let her have her personhood. Yeah. Personhood. So yeah. that she knows that she has agency over her body and governing right. over her body. Those are right. all really good lessons. Yeah. But, but the thing that I think that you were offering is like, you have to get over your own ego about shit. Yeah, because a part like, of it is just like, you, but I'm daddy though. Like, right. You my baby. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what I thought too. But you my kid though. Come here. Right. <laughs> so I had to get over my own uh, rejection and just go, oh, you don't want to get picked up. All right. Well, that's, actually, with my kids, I had to realize <clears throat> that's where I struggle with intimacy. Like, you think? Um, my kids are very, very cuddly. Mm -hmm. And like they're they're like puppies. That's they're hilarious. Like on top of them, you know what I'm saying? And right. it's just like for me, I was like, get the fuck away from me. Like, like it's right. like in my head. Like, so you had an opposite. Leave me the fuck alone, right? <laughs> but I realized that I just didn't like the like a person like just feeling they could just touch me whenever they right. wanted to. Or like I was just like a shelf or like a tape, like you just lean on you and shit. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, hey, listen. Um actually and one of the one of the things my daughter did for me, she just said the same thing. She's like, Daddy, you know, I'm not, you know, and I want you to listen, you that's in my joke, you know, I want you to hold me more. Yeah. Right? And I was like very much like, oh, I didn't realize that's what you needed. But now that yeah. you've like verbalized it, I can see that that's a thing. And like, you know, I'm one of the few people in the family that she cuddles with. Mm -hmm. Because we had that conversation with little what, six year old, eight year old herself telling me about her boundaries. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. That makes me that made me feel like or oh, maybe I am doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like where she, she felt com confident enough to talk to me about something that she was feeling, a need that she wanted. She expressed that need. I was mm -hmm. able to meet that need and get over myself. And now our relationship is stronger. Like I feel like right. that's like the perfect model for what parents should offer children. 
and went for what we should have in our relationship to other people, period. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that's a lesson they learn because they learn, girls especially learn their relationships with men from daddy. Yeah. And if daddy can't control himself and daddy can't like respect the fact that you don't want, number one, don't want to be touched, but also be there when you need them. Yeah. Then I feel like that's a lesson that they learn about men like later on in life. Um, I mean, that's even my, if, <clears throat> even if, even if um, it's not just like the traditional families, like even if it's two women in the house, whatever or two right men, whatever the example is that's the model they know for all relationships right and that that model is going to be flawed none of us have perfect ideal relationships that we're living yeah and each individual brings their own like unique circumstance to it so it's like you have to learn how like what your wants and needs are and you have to have this, the right environment to foster the development of that like mm -hmm. for me a lot of parenting is just like getting over myself yeah yeah like admitting that I don't know everything. Exactly. Right? And like just being able to be like willing to learn and committed to the task. You know what I'm saying? Do you think there's some level of, not, not like they know, I mean, they're kids, they don't know everything, but there's some stuff that they do know. And there's a lot of stuff they know. Like we can't assume, we're not, we're like when, when I was growing up, it, whatever my mom said, that was it. There was no like, like my mom would tell me something, I would say why. She would say, "Cause I said, cause I shut up, cause I said so." What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, what? Are you, you what? Did you ask? You said something. I told you to do something. You said something right. after. Why are you still here? When I told right. you to do right, right. <laughs> what are you doing here? That was almost a whooping. Just still being there. My daughter, right. Right. I gotta explain every level of an idea to my daughter before she will agree with it. And I think that's a challenge because I never thought, like, I never thought that I would have to think things through all the way before somebody else would have to go put this, go put this in the, in the sink so I can wash it later. <laughs> when you put that in the sink, wash it off. So when I put it in the dishwasher later, it'll, it'll clean, it'll be clean it'll by clean, itself. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Because before, when I said, hey, go put this in the sink, she'd be like, um, and wash it off. She'll be like, why? And I, oh, okay, because the dishwasher is, isn't that good. So you kind of have to wash it before you put it in there. So go, go do it. And my mom was shocked a little bit. I think she's kind of gotten over it now, but... Initially, my mom was like, just tell her to go do the thing. And then she'll, she'll I don't understand why you. <laughs> yeah, and I would ask my mom. Like, taking, her yeah. off, like, <laughs> taking her belt off. Right? Taking her shoes off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you, these. You, which, which weapon do you want? You want the shoe? Or do right. You want the belt? <laughs> she was stretching. I remember these. I ain't had to do one of these in a, in a while. <laughs> you know what I realized is like, we're a very privileged generation in yeah. the capacity that we're one of the few, if not the first generation of black people and black families that that's not raising, I don't know if it's fair to say it's, we're not raising them in terror because right. black and brown people are still under plight. Right. Um, 
but the the laws weren't written to terrorize us. You know what I mean? Like there right. wasn't like legitimate segregation. There wasn't, um, and I, I say this with some degree of like this is this is not absolute. You know, Maryland is what the no. number one the number one state with with young black men arrested and jailed and imprisoned. Like we have yeah. the highest rate of imprisonment in the nation. So so I yeah. think take this with a grain of salt. But what I'm saying is like. I know if my kids leave the house, the level of threat is not like what it was with my forebears. I know that they have more opportunity than my forebears had. I know if my father had not been willing to go um, into the military and you know and pursue an undergraduate education and on receive his medical you know license, hmm. I would not be in a position to to you know number one, look at scholarship and academia as like the like a, the appropriate stepping stone. Right. And I wouldn't be in a position to be like, oh, I have options out here. You know what I mean? I'd be one yeah. of these like first, first two black people. I'm like, you know, second generation, you know, uh, college grad. So, you know, we have a lot of opportunities and we have a lot of privileges we benefit from. But I, this is a long way of saying like, our kids have more agency now. They have mm -hmm. more opportunity to think through things and think about why they should do things. And they have more complexity in their choices because they have choices. Yeah. Like we, you know, our forebears didn't have choices. My father was one step away from sharecropping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like legitimately. So I don't know. I'm, I'm comfortable asking the questions. I'm just, I have to be very conscious of not like immediately responding with like an ego defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is, I'm your dad. <laughs> I'm yeah, a because man. That sometimes that's what I sometimes I will come back like just do it because I said to do it yeah and that <laughs> never works just do it because I said do it I'm, and I'm bigger than you like just do it oh, and is that's it, is it Tuesday again and Daddy's telling me what to do right <laughs> she just does like a mm, I don't I don't get I don't get I'm just I'm not gonna do it so I get that like, or or she cries like or she'll just crumble and. I got to go, listen, it's going to be a lot of people, to, maybe not now, but before, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people telling you to do stuff that you're not going to want to do. So unless you're in a position to say, <laughs> fuck you, then you're going to have to do it until you can, you know, get away from these people or, you know, get a lot of money or something. I don't know. But, and I don't know if that lesson, that's one of those lessons where I have to, it's a, it's a challenge to get her to, to see that. Um, yeah, but you're in struggling with that, like, desire to have her do what you asked. You're really struggling within yourself. Of like, course. It's all about, like, how you're governing yourself in response to this perceived threat or insult. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And from, and like, I'll, it's interesting, like, have, like being a, a one family with two households, right? There's times when I've walked into, you know, their house and it's just like, <laughs> they like all scatter. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like they'll be eating pizza in the living room and they know that doesn't fly at my place. So, so they're like, <laughs> so they'll be like run back to the dining room table, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or like, I've, I've left and then I've, I've realized like 20 minutes later, I forgot something, so I'll come back and they're like, <laughs> they're still downstairs in the living room. They're supposed to be yeah. in bed. They're all like flee up the stairs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just little silly. You shit caught like them that. like roaches. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's also like um, I don't I don't know. Like we, I think one of the things that we realized 
especially living separately now, is like the space is very good for us because we have two divergent philosophies about how, you know, how we're going to raise a family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more like strict around like certain things being the way they are, like a, like a routine is set. Like if you, you know, if you come to my house at six, there's going to be food on the table. Right. You know what I mean? Or bedtime. Structure. Yeah. Or a little more structure. But that's, that's that's a direct result of me not having that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was talking to my mom about this shit the other day. I don't know how your Mother's Day was. My shit was mad sad because it was like, <laughs> I drove down to, to Baltimore to see her. And then, you know, I had the flowers, you know, the, the car, the gift, whatever, mm. balloon. But when I, you know, we're all masked up. But I was like, you know, normally this is my, you know, happy Mother's Day hug moment. Mm-hmm. And I can't even hug moms. This shit is whack. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then we started like just talking about, you know, parenting and what's it's like and all this kind of shit. <clears throat> and something that like, something that, <laughs> something I realized is like, my kids would be like, daddy, I'm hungry. Expected that I'm about to start cooking some shit. Now, when I was coming up, I was like often left alone, latchkey style. So if I was hungry, me and my siblings would like scramble around on a hunt to look for change <laughs> to right. find enough money to order a pizza. Right. So I'm like, you know, they're growing up in a completely different way than I did. You know what I mean? Like, well, nigga, you hungry? Why haven't you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. turn over the couch pillows? Right. <laughs> and found the phone book so you can get Domino's. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that strictness, because I have an issue with it too, when we're out and it'll be me, my daughter, and my girlfriend usually. Yeah. And we'll be hanging together. Yeah. They'll have like a little thing going on. Like they'll have a connection with the fact that they're a little looser and they'll be okay. And I'll be like, be careful on the, be, hey, calm down when, you, when you're jumping off for the, okay. And they'll both be like, oh, dad, mm, calm well, down. I'm like, look, this could happen, and this can. I'm just looking for any type of a bird could swoop down and pick your ass up and take you away. And then how I'm supposed to get you now? How I'm supposed to get you? What am I? What am I supposed to do? Once that Velociraptor, <laughs> that right. Pterodactyl comes, it it could happen. That's my so that's my dilemma is trying to stay cool while I'm freaking out on the inside. Like, yo, just I wish you would stop running so fast because she's out of my you know how long my arms are she's out of my arm length like i can't reach her so is that like the classic black mama like speech before we step out in public like now when we get out this car yeah of course don't y'all be running everywhere and shit right like right i can't see you that's not good you know what i'm saying um if i have to call you more than twice you're in trouble you know what i'm saying like that kind of shit yeah. Um, but if I, I can't see you, you can't. If you can't see me, I can't see you. A hundred percent. So you need but to actually, be where. I know where that stems from for me. My sister, my baby sister, she used to always get lost. Right. No matter where we were, if we were on a boat trip, if we were at the zoo, she would always get lost because she would wander off. She would just elope and just go wander and have her, you know, adventure and shit. Right. So now it creates like hypervigilance in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but just also, like, also I know that I'm the dad, and I think that that's you know, this part of like identities for this male construct that we buy into 
Mm-hmm. And one of mine is like protecting the kids. Protector, like, right. That's like, mine. You're not about to, on my watch, right. you're not about to die. You're not about to get yeah. harmed or die. On mommy's watch, that's cool. <laughs> right. Because then it's yeah. her fault. Because <laughs> this is her fault. But also, there's a lot more. Like, she has more skin in the game than you do. Yeah. I feel like moms are just like, oh, it happened while mom was watching. Dad <laughs> can be upset. Dad can be like, let, let's make another one. But <laughs> if something happens with me, like right. on my watch, yeah. like I can't, <laughs> I can't recreate this. Like I can't go back. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like, um, like a, I don't want her to have anything on me. Like when she goes back, like when she gets, she got hurt yesterday. We was playing this game <laughs> and she would, um, she was running it was like it was on this concrete slab nice. and it was an alphabet in a circle. And then we just, we stood on our own letters. Like I stood on T, she stood on A, like the beginning of our names. And then we would run to the, to the ball in the middle. This is and so run back. This made up, this made up game. <laughs> completely made up, completely made it up. And so if we kept whoever won getting to the ball, you go to the next letter. I go back to my first name. And of course yeah. I just let her I just let her win. So she would just go and she would spell win? her name. Yeah. She's uh, five. Man. Six. She's six. The, the kids have to earn everything for me, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for, well, let me be honest. I let her win some some of the time. Sometimes I didn't I couldn't she beat me some of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> Cause it takes me a while to build up speed. So she's got little legs. She just goes, fruh, fruh, fruh. I got to jump like two, whatever. Anyway, she beat me. So <laughs> one of those times she beat me to the ball. She stepped on the ball and, and the ball rolled up oh, and she oh, fell yeah. backwards. Yeah. Right. And she, she hit her, her elbow. She hurt her elbow on the concrete. Right. Try to play you it off. Up, Tim. I know. I know. Cause it's, uh, I went back to the mom and the mom was like, what happened to her arm? And I'm like, <laughs> like she got flipboard out, like yep. Red in she's ledger, like. she's counting. So this is <laughs> the third elbow scrape, and like I'm like, but she like you. she's child protective services and shit. So, right. So this is the second incident in 30 days. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking the shit that happened. She hugged the umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck when she came out of you. So at least I didn't cut her airway off. Like, yo, I'm so glad it's not me and that all parents are petty like that, dog. <laughs> I know <laughs> that unnecessary scorekeeping. Yep. Remember back in 2009, though, when you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she had a, uh, it, it, the scratch went through the epidermis. You're talking about like scientific terms. <laughs> it went through the first epidermis, okay? Did you even, so, did you, the, the shit I hate is when they hit you with the passive aggressive shit and it's like, did you even bother to sterilize it before you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you put any kaopectate or she's just start naming shit? Did you put any uh, like? So I had to put some cream on it and a band aid, and then the band aids weren't big enough for the circular. Those are the worst circular like cuts or whatever. It's not like a little slit. It was like a circle. So Road the part, stars, yeah. the yeah. top part of it was sticking out. So I had to find a not happy unless it takes off a significant part of your skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David's like, oh, only a scratch. You're what? Is that? <laughs> so I mean, but 
I'm I'm not taking a I'm not put, taking tap. She hurt her wrist like earlier this week too. So with her, so both so, y'all are just bad parents. It's just she just I know she just no she's clumsy. <laughs> it ain't us. It's her. She's no, sick. She don't know how to walk yet. You know so, what's the hilarious shit about this is that it's always the visible scars that we're more concerned about. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. the underlying emotional scars that emotional. are really fucking about, right. that are truly fucking them over. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when remember when Daddy called Mommy a bitch? Yeah. That that didn't even register, but if you fell in the pavement, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You're like, let me cover this shit up. Let me. Right. Yeah. People are gonna see know, that. Man, I've uh, I've learned to have a lot of more compassion around shit like that. Yeah. Like part of the lessons that I've learned is like you're. One of the hardest things about being a father is knowing that you can't protect your kids from everything. I know. I'm I'm having troubles with that one. Dog, my daughter's going to be 13 in July. Yeah. And I'm losing my shit. Oh, uh, because you're, like, she's I'm not like, going to be right there. Yo. <laughs> yo. <Yeah. laughs> that's like, that's it's, it's terrifying crazy, to me. Dude. Yeah. Like, you know, like even the reality of her like menstruating, you know what I mean? And being like curious about her body. And like, you know, all of a sudden this, there's a body policing that's occurring, you know? Yeah. Like for me, you know, I'm very much on like, let women be free. So like the whole free boobs, free, free, free the nipple movement, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know, no bras, all that kind of shit that I, that I would, you know, put out on Facebook. I try to practice in life, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, that's where the hypocrisy comes to play. You know what I'm right. saying? Like not, not my baby. You know right, I mean? exactly. If my daughter's in the house, you know, she didn't have to wear a bra, but she's very easily excited about bounding out of the house. Uh, and, like, going anywhere, you know, with, with like just a tank top on. Right. You know, boots swaying. And I'm like, yo! Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can put another shirt on, but let, but let like her mom come by. It's like, oh, she's got to wear a bra. She has to wear this is the wrong top. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah. you can't just walk out there like that. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot. Has, has, uh, has her mom been super like I noticed like on these shows the women are a lot m- more uh like open for their daughter to w- oh girl th- let her go out there and get some male attention like they're that's, real that's sitcoms that's bullshit I yeah don't okay okay like that at all okay all right. um and I know like don't worry about that their mom's not like that at all. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I realized in this pod, all of a sudden, like in this, just talking to you, I have no idea what to call her. Because she legally ex-wife. she's my wife. Yeah, wife, ex-wife. She, we're not divorced yet. We there's are no separated. nickname. There's no nickname for the ex-wife. Well, there's ex-wife, but there's no name for the, the space when you're separated. There's no, there's no name. This might be funny. There's no name for the almost ex-wife. There's a name for the almost wife, fiance. Yeah. Yes. What's the name for the almost ex-wife? And he's <laughs> the unfianced. <laughs> like the unfianced. Like, I, I have no idea, dog. I have no idea. You say it backwards. Struggling. Like typically. Any if, enough? If this wasn't, if this wasn't like being recorded, I would just say her name. Like to, right, like, right. That's why like, I didn't want to say it. Like own her personhood, but but right. But now I'm just like like or like when people are talking to me about her or about us, they always like struggle. Yeah, yeah, there's a uh, pause. They're, they're tiptoeing around. Yeah. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I just did. Because language is important, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I yeah. want to be like, 
in my heart of hearts, dog, I really want to be like like my nigga. Like that's my homie. Like I want us right. to get there where we're like, you know, truly in accord on like we're both co-parenting. This is our crew, we're a family. But I also know that like I'm gonna write it out. It's been what? We separated in July. I moved out in November. So it's, it hasn't even been a year, dog. So I'm thinking that, like that I had the language for it or that other people are going to be like evolved enough or mature enough to like reach this place where they can accept it is absurd. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it took me three years to get to a space where I had the courage to leave. You know what I'm saying? Or even give voice to that. So I don't expect everybody else to catch up in six months or nine months. You know what I mean? But there has got to be a word for it. There's got to be. X doesn't sound right. Ich knife. Huh? That's fiance backwards. Ich, 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 ich knife. That sounds hurt. terrible. <laughs> Should be like the trans movement, them. Yeah, them. <laughs> and their moms. Who is them? So informal. It sounds like a PTA meeting. Like yeah, or like you're in clinical studies. Like their their mother. Yeah, the household that she raises them in. Just it's, <laughs> a lot of it is so ridiculous, dog. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Anyway, where can people find you? Everywhere at Russ underscore jokes. Russ underscore jokes. Russ underscore jokes. That's been my handle for, damn, almost 10 years now, dog. Yeah. It's I just funny. realized that like, I can't claim 10 years in comedy when my anniversary comes because this year is irrelevant. That's what I was telling... <laughs> uh, I did Tony's podcast, Tony Minor. This I, I was saying, this year don't count. This would have been my 16th year in comedy. Yeah, yeah. I don't count this year. <laughs> I'm doing comedy for the first time uh, tomorrow at the Positano's <laughs> right here on, on Zoom as well. Good old um, I'll send out uh, I'll send out a link to it. But... Yeah, I like Tony's pod. That was fun, man. Because it's yeah, like kicking the shit. She's always got jokes. Yep. I love her laugh. You know what I'm saying? She's always mm-hmm. got big energy. Yeah. But also, you can she's tell a sweetheart. she really loves the game. You yeah. Know what I'm mm-hmm. She's been doing it for a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I think we talked about the, we talked about the disrespectful dude. What did you want to cover? That's maybe maybe I'll do a segment like that. I'm trying to get this a little more structured. Why? So, this is this because, is what we talk about avoiding at all costs. Yeah, but having I, the conversation. I want to try to structure it first, and then if it doesn't, if it falls off the rails, then I'm cool with that too. So it's been I off think, the rails. Let's do let's do some. I got I got another one after that though. I figured it out. But what what is something that you wanted to talk about this week? Because, I mean, I don't know. We got Ahmad, we got Ahmad Arbery, we got um, a couple other people that got shot. <laughs> I definitely don't want to talk about him or what's what's the other one, Bernicia. Uh huh. I definitely don't want to address because I mean, cool. Well, here's I mean, here's the, here's the long and short of it. The fact that black people are still being terrorized mm-hmm. while dealing with coronavirus, right? Exactly. What, like, for me, coronavirus shines a spotlight on existing issues. Right. And the issues that we have been suffering disproportionately forever are are obvious. Yeah. To a point where you just have to be like, damn it, 
completely checked out of reality. Like for me, it's like, how are you so racist that you find time to terrorize black people in the midst of all this shit? Right. <laughs> like, just, I have like, I still can't figure it out. Like, like, and for me, it just underscores that that shit is ingrained. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I was talking to you about this joke. I was, I've been working on shit for like, as long as I've been a comedian. But part of me excuses like racial incidents because of the fact that for 400 years, white people were allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Right. So how the fuck do we expect them to behave in any way opposite that? It's like, this yeah. is multi-generational nonsense. Right. Like um, even, even when you're, even when we're yeah, in a pandemic and you're supposed to be home chilling out, you decide to go and, hey, let's go clean up the streets of Georgia while we're, while we're out. Like, who does that? Instead even, of going to get a drink, instead of going to get, like, uh, support a local business by getting a, uh, I don't know, a margarita or something. Hey, let's go get some food to go at this local, local spot. But even No, let's go, let's go shit, clean up the neighborhood that we're not even in. But even these pieces of shit that shot him are, like, so, like, stereotypically who you would expect to behave. Exactly, exactly. For me, it's like, I think it's very interesting that it took till now for us to discover this issue when it occurred in February. Yeah. I think the already existing issue exposes, is exposed to light about the fact that a prosecutor or a sheriff's office or whoever the fuck can refuse to give evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, that's just decide not to. Just like, no, I mean, this video that clearly shows this, this boy being murdered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Clear, like, obviously. Why would uh, I let that be part of evidence? Right. <laughs> Why yeah, I, let... I don't understand. And then, I don't know, man, like, one thing I've been focusing on is it's really important to keep yourself, like, mentally, physically, spiritually healthy in the yeah. space of quarantine and shelter in place. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't have, I don't want to. I don't, I don't have any more energy to expend mm-hmm. in this already hypervigilant state to thinking about the crisis that black people are under. Yeah. Like for me, this certifies that we need to be for us, by us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like whenever the CDC puts out news about, you know, we're, we're flattening the curve. I'm like, I don't know if that's true for black people. I don't or think like, so. Like when the national says, you know, 30 million people are unemployed. I'm only thinking about how many black and brown people that is. Cause we're right. the only people that are gonna give a fuck, right? Right. When niggas are like, like Governor Hogan is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like, you know, open up the state again. And I know Montgomery County is like the highest fucking, you know, next to PG County per capita for coronavirus cases. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, this shit, they're not, they're not thinking about black and brown people. They're thinking about we're willing, we, our calculation, our math says, that the people who are going to be impacted the most are black and brown. Therefore, we're not worried about this shit. Go right. Your business. Yeah, that's and across so that's, the board. So the same is true for Ahmad and 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 the sister, you know, who was shot in her home. Yep. Like, police in New York City are beating black people over the head and wrestling down to the street for not wearing masks. For no mask. But you know that's Brooklyn and the Bronx. But then if they go to the village, like they're you know sharing cups of water with these niggas like right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like for me it's just like this is such a pervasive societal issue that 
I think that for far too, for me, it was like 2016 certified that it's, we don't have the time to wait for white people to wake up. No. We have to take care of ourselves. Right. And part of taking care of ourselves is making sure that our communities are protected, that our homes are protected. Right. That we are putting the right people in place. Like I think Georgia is the same state that has like um, a record number of, of black female judges. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's how can we get more judges in those spaces? Mm -hmm. How can we get the police out of our communities? How can we get, make sure um, Billy Bob and, and Joe Bumfuck, whoever those two white dudes' names are, the little, the, the WWE. I forgot. Superstars, the hillbillies, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how can we make sure these MAGA motherfuckers are executed? Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? On live television. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how can we motivate that kind of shit to happen? Because yeah. for me, it's like, I was talking to my brother, brother and sister the other day, like, it's good to have a healthy fear of white people. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. the one thing that you can expect from them is their consistency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been four or 500 years since they've been murdering people, yeah. raping people, trafficking people, thinking about people as property and chattel. Right. How do you use that knowledge to, to govern yourselves in spaces where you have to engage them? Mm -hmm. If yeah. Karen is like, like I was talking to some sister who said, she was working in retail, you know, those are the niggas that are dying, right? Mm -hmm. The retail niggas and all the other essential workers, like my brother is a physician. They're the niggas that are dying, right? Right. So the retail worker was like, she was talking to some lady in Oklahoma and the lady was like, can you take your mask off when you're talking to me like a real American? I'm like, bitch, no, I'm not dying no. for you. No. <laughs> Do you, I mean, this, I don't, I don't understand the ignorance, not on, uh, on our part too, but on a lot of white people's parts, if you don't know our, like, his, I mean, I don't know if I said this before, but there's a, a, a joke I used to do was the, this guy, like on Discovery Channel, this guy lives, this guy will go to uh, Alaska and look at polar bears, right? And he'll know all this shit about polar bears. I've stayed out here for months and months just to get this one picture of a polar bear like like eating you know fish or whatever yeah and you come back and you don't know that that your black neighbor likes watermelon like you don't know anything about you don't know his last name you've never seen him like like without a hat on like stupid shit like that i'm like you know all this shit about polar bears but you don't know me like you don't know this guy Mm. And that's that to me is just a that's that's obvious. Like you're doing that on purpose. You I don't know. Purposely, you don't you don't human you you dehumanize. You just go, oh, that's a thing that's there. That it's like like I'm a car or something. Like uh, that's a thing that's there that I don't really need to get to understand it all. I don't get to know. And. You know, white people have done that for centuries. Like, first of all, exactly. the, the very reality that there are African Americans mm -hmm. and Latinx Americans and mm -hmm. Indian Americans and on and on and on. But yeah. there's not European Americans, there's just white people. Like, that just says it in and of itself, like how yeah. pervasive the issue is. For yeah. me, it, it ultimately boils down to um, they have, they have, scholars have proven that there is an implicit bias against black and brown people. 
when they see us, they see a threat. Mm-hmm. And you know, threats are either perceived or legitimate. Right. And if you have five times as many guns as people, um, and an administration that assigns themselves, ascribes to themselves like death, <laughs> yeah. saying, um, and dominion, mm-hmm. then you can't. Then for us, it's like this is how I kind of view white people. Whenever I go into the beach, mm-hmm. I have a healthy fear of the ocean. Right. Because I know that there are marine life. <laughs> right. That could, that's their dominion. They can really fuck me up. They can fuck you up. They down there and too. So from, like, yeah. <laughs> don't so come down me, here, dog. In America, I operate in the same in the same capacity. Like, I might be willing to jump in and go scuba diving where there are sharks if mm-hmm. I have the right training and I know how to govern myself. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also know that this is a predator, predatory species. Mm-hmm. that can do real damage. And so right. my black ass is not going to do that. <laughs> out of, out of, and what's funny, out of fear of us, which yeah. I, I ain't been in a fight. Like I said, I ain't been in a fight since I was in the army. Like I, I, was, I haven't been in any fights. Um, I, don't I, don't, I don't want to believe. I'm not, I'm, I don't like being fatalistic, but I do think America is hopeless. I do think this is like the last I think so movie. too. I think this is the last great. I think I think America, as we know it, ended in 2016, and I think that we're just starting to realize the effects of how dramatic that that reality is mm-hmm. because of a national crisis, right? Or more so, a global crisis. You put the wrong people in power, yeah. Just the right, you know, amount of the amount of things go wrong, and shit mm-hmm. really can go asunder. Yeah. For me, the the it's criminal, just as, as criminal as it is to think that black people are being murdered indiscriminately, it's criminal to think that like an airline could ask for a bailout mm-hmm. while 30 million people are unemployed. And get it. <laughs> and get it. Like they're, <laughs> meanwhile, it's people that can't, the people that can't pay their rent, they're getting their rent like taken, they, they don't have to pay their rent. Yeah. Right. They don't have to pay their rent, but at the end of that period, they have to pay all of their rent. Like, See, I mean, calls everything to the carpet, dog. It calls bullshit on everything because it says capitalism is a scam. Right. Your jobs are a scam. Everything's about exploitation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if a multi-billion-dollar multinational company needs billions to survive, mm-hmm. why do I only need a one-time twelve hundred dollar check? if I make under a certain amount of money. Right. And help me understand, like, how does it help me if I can't afford to pay my mortgage now for you to make me pay it back? You just, I just owe it later. I'm going <laughs> to, ha- right. I'm going to have it then in three months. What do you think I'm going to be doing during the pen selling crack? What do you right. think I'm going to be doing <laughs> while I'm not, while I can't pay and then be able to pay at the end of that? I don't understand it's that. have all this downtime to start my own Amazon. So I'll be a trillionaire right. by the time this shit is over. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that's honestly, I, I've been, I've been kind of talking about it for a little while to, to just random people or whatever, but <laughs> it's about time we just go ahead and just head back, man, pick a country and head out. I've been watching videos about it. It doesn't have to be anything more than a decision. Because right. 
have you, have you heard about repatriation, right? Like there are many nations in Africa that are like, listen, if you are one of the stolen children of Africa, yep. you, you can come back here and we, I heard about it. You. we will yep. make you a citizen. Ghana yep. is huge on that. Cameroon is big. If Cameroon is like, if you can prove that you have uh, DNA or ancestry from here, we're, we're welcoming you. You know what I'm yep. saying? Um, for me, it's identifying personally what your quality of, quality of life expectations are yeah and and thinking about where you can realize them yeah and also understanding that when you enter another country that's foreign to your home country that you have the potential to be a gentrifier so you mm -hmm. need to be willing to learn you need to be willing to be humble you need to be willing to integrate and work within the communities you know what i'm saying like yeah when i was in cape Verde in december i was thinking very much like i don't think that i want to live anywhere i think i'd like to have a home in four different countries and every season be in a different place right strategically yeah yeah just like I, I don't i can't do america in the winters so <laughs> no no it's not worth it there's no yeah. we, we, that's when we should all be staying home this should have right. been this should have been happened everything i've learned as far as teleworking go like this should have been happened because it took us a week to get up and running the same way we were when every day when we went to work, we're doing most of that shit now, 80%. Except of course, the stuff that we, you know, all of these goofy ass meetings and all of these people that are useless. And I don't mean like useless in a, these people that are so like, they're so useless that when they come to work, they slow everybody else down. Yeah, they just throw a whole monkey wrench in the shit. <laughs> yeah. Their their job is to make sure that everybody else's job is harder. Like yeah. that's what they do. I don't know what they're doing now, but this shit should have been this should happen so like this should have been happened. I just I don't know. I'm really one of the things that I'm practicing during this time is gratitude. And I'm really Definitely. this this happened for a multitude of reasons. Um, but when I think about the work that I do, I'm very thankful that I'm, you know, I'm in a well-paid position. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful that my job, because of the amount of experience that I have now, is, is, is such, I can do it with such ease. It doesn't cause complications at home. So like, when right. I, like, I don't know what your life is like now with, um, you know, uh, distance learning, but having four kids to have to distance learn at the same time, it's very right. complex. Yeah. So, you know, I took, I've told the kids like from eight to four, we're going to consider considering that school hour. So there's no Nintendo, no devices. My kids started to lose their shit at first, but then they recognized, okay, it's not so bad. We get through our schoolwork. You know what I mean? But then I had to realize that there's, there's a difference between schooling and education. Right. Like my kids love to complain about the 30 minutes they have to plug into the fucking zoom call to do their classwork. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I would have been salutatorian, valedictorian out this bitch if I had to go to class for 20 minutes a day, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, but I took the, I was talking to Sean Joyce about this, man. Like, I'm taking the time to recognize that this is the perfect opportunity to educate my children about life skills and shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the things that we especially know. Especially the internet. Taught. Yeah. yeah, especially the internet. But you said that just, they're not going to be taught it. Yeah, just like, you know, um, my daughter was really in her feelings because she was like, my teacher did not do anything special for Black History Month. And I was like, 
Well, she's a, I was like, she's a white woman. Yeah. She's like, but my teacher last year did something. And I was like, well, she's, a black woman. she's, she's one of the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, but honestly, the, the, the false, you know, understanding of this whole shit is that black history is every day. We are American history. Mm-hmm. So it's up to us to talk about this shit. So I knew, you know, that the teachers are not going to teach them about what black people have contributed to society, but this right. is my opportunity too. Mm-hmm. And so now like we sit down and we rap about all sorts of shit. Right. I talked to my daughter about depression the other day. They're not teaching mental health awareness in schools. No. Like my kids know that like, if they're feeling low, they can talk to me about it. Yeah. Like I'm very keen to like plug in with them a lot because it's like for, for my youngest and for my, my second, like I'm very, con- they're, the, they're the social kids. Mm-hmm. So this is a very difficult time for them. Not How, being to have their peers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you, I mean, we were in, when, when we were in school, we would learn from, I mean, we would learn from books. I never thought about how old are those books? Because I feel like some of the stuff that we learned was really outdated. Like, do you remember Acid Rain? Yeah. <laughs> in the right. 90s, that was we, the biggest thing. <laughs> have you seen, first of all, have you seen Acid Rain, number one? Number two, like we learned so much about acid rain and it was supposed to be the damage on the Statue of Liberty is from <laughs> acid rain and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, never in, I've been outside three times this year and it's been raining while the sun was out. They, they don't have a name for that shit. I've never heard. Only thing I know about that is that the devil's girlfriend is crying to some bullshit that somebody made up. But acid rain, that was in one of my textbooks. Like, this is my social studies book or whatever. Like, you're going to experience acid rain. And this is like, it's common. It happens. One of the, I used to have this joke about why. Why are we still teaching our kids about fucking dinosaurs? Right. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What? What? What value is this? <laughs> I mean, what? What? But why? Do you think they're not real, or do you just think that they're? <laughs> what is the point? So what? <laughs> they want. <laughs> they're cute. <laughs> it's just filling their brains with nonsense. Don't teach me how to balance a checkbook, bitch. Like I don't need to they're, know. How yeah, many they're adorable. <laughs> No, not going credit cards and shit. Like, yeah, you got to put an oven in the classroom and do home ec. So I'm not admit, <laughs> it makes me so sad whenever I go grocery shopping, dog. But the only thing missing from shelves is like spaghetti noodles and ground beef. Like, dog, <laughs> like do every time to cook anything. Dog, every time I go down the aisle, bow ties and <laughs> <laughs> generic as tomato sauce is left every time. Dog, it's just. I'm like, what are y'all cooking? Uh, is everybody eating fucking spaghetti? And like, I mean. Yo, I had to reframe. Get some recipes. Like, like as recently as last week, I had to like reframe what I miss because of coronavirus to what I don't miss because of coronavirus. Like I don't miss expensive ass cocktails. Right. I don't miss parking tickets. I right. don't miss, you know what I'm saying? Struggling to find a parking spot when I'm right. in a comedy spot. I don't I know. miss waiting for my turn. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't. Like I was watching that. Um, I saw a bit of that that um, pod you do with Tony, and you were like, I don't really miss comedy right now. 
Yeah. And I feel like you were the first niggas to say that shit with like with earnesty. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. earnest. And it was like I don't yo, miss I had, it. When when you said it, I was like, oh, like I miss performing. I miss but performing. I don't miss all the shit that goes with it. I don't miss the bullshit. I miss yeah. going on stage <laughs> and doing. I miss going on stage and doing five to ten minutes. Yes, I miss any any more after that. I'm like, I can do that on this. Like this to me is yeah about yeah. the same. I miss having an idea and mm. going to talk about it. Like that's you can that's do that here too. Yeah, it's, but you can I do mean, that here too. What I realized, like when I Tony was the first person to like um, ask me to do something during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true because Paris and Rallo had their shit. So. But it was just like, well, how am I even going to perform to, like, there's no audience. Yeah. You and just talk to a camera. Like, you just talking, talking to. It was talking through my fear. Yeah. And I realized it was like, it feels like what I would imagine moving to a new place to do stand-up is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that same level of anxiety. You're starting but over I, almost. Yeah. But what I realized when I was doing her podcast, like, I was, like, my, my armpits were sweating. Like, I was, like, I was performing. Like yeah. I turned it on. Like I was able to tap in and access it. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's so weird. Yeah. And then I realized that like a lot of the times what we do just as people and as artists is we perform. Yeah. We perform our identity in different spaces. Yeah. Like when and I'm the- talking to Tim, I talk like this. When I talk in the barbershop, I talk like this. When I'm when I'm you know, it's just when I talk to my ex, I talk like this. When I talk to yeah. my kids, like, yeah, it's just it's a very interesting like thought experiment think about like why you feel the need to perform it's code switching too yeah there is a certain level of like i used to go to this one barber shop that was harder core like when i talk about homophobia that's the one that i think of like they say faggot <laughs> yeah 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 it was a lot of like the barbershop i go to now like some gay dudes come in here's here's the here's the big difference Gay dudes come in to the barbershop. Right. They get made fun of when they leave, but they come in <laughs> and they don't get kicked out like they used to at my other barbershop. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. So, uh, but these dudes were so hardcore. And I feel like when I went there, I had to be like, I had to talk, what's going, what's happening? My, my Texas accent, I kind of like, I mean, I squatted a lot anyway, but. Yeah. I had to really like, you know, be on point, like say all the, say all the hardest shit that I did that week <laughs> instead of, you know, some of the more emotional stuff that, uh, yeah, you see that new documentary about hip hop, nigga? Yeah. But I, I didn't know. talk about, I didn't talk about like, I saw the reunion of Saved by the Bell too, you know. I don't know, like, Part of my ministry now, um, and I think this is a result of working with my therapist, is is redefining manhood. Yeah, personally. So mm-hmm. people like this is the best part about being forty. I don't give a fuck what people think about me. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I get to be like who I who I am truly. Yeah. And it's liberating. So yeah. if you think I'm a bitch, if you think I'm gay, if you think I'm soft, so be it. You know I mean, saying? you don't think that anyway, this though. This is soft, bitch-ass gay rust for you, then. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. I, have no, I have no qualms about it, but, like, I can't tell you how many brothers have come to me after a performance or after... Or when I walk into a... I remember, like, one of the last 
few shows that I got to do before the quarantine was like 51st Jokes, right? And yeah, like a lot of brothers went to step to me to talk to me about separating yeah. and therapy and relationships. And I didn't realize that I was like, I, I kind of realized that I was like this Uncle Russ or you know, big brother figure in the DC sphere of comedy, but I didn't realize like that people looked at me outside of comedy as, mm-hmm. a, as a person they sought counsel with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's so, what your material is very like thought perform. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. happened on the way, whatever you thought about beforehand, if something happens in the car on the way to the show, that's what you're talking about. Well, I love and, the, the freshness of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. Yeah. It's, but it's also exploring it too, like trying to figure mm-hmm. out what's funny. Mm. And there's an interesting thing to that, you know, because, you know, when you start, when you've been doing comedy for a while, the, the pressure is to have the, to be as polished as you can be. So trying to come up with stuff on the way to the show, like coming up with having something happen and immediately going on stage with it, you know, a lot, like I stepped away from that and I started to do more. This is something I thought of yesterday, but I thought it out. Yeah. And I have one, one punch, but it may not be, still on my heart it may not be as fresh so you know you know what came up when you were talking about that is that full circle moment happened for me during quarantine where i realized like the esteem that we really want is from other comedians Mm -hmm. yeah because when you get to this stage of comedy what you recognize is that nobody loves this shit more than we do nope and the doors that are open for you are because of other comedians. Because of other, because they know you and because they know, oh, I know who'd be a good on, fit for this. Yep. They trust you for a certain They spot. trust you, yep. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they vouch for you. They right. recommend you for shit. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like, bringing it full circle to, like, what we're talking about with this whole, like, police, like, extrajudicial, like, you know, murder and all this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. They know like, you. We, we have to be of our communities and yeah. within our communities because we know each other. We have to be in service of one another if we're yeah. really going to come out of this. Thinking that white people are going to do anything different without demanding it to, demanding mm-hmm. them to, is nonsense. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, I love the space of being in comedy where I'm like, I, I love that I can sit and think without the pressure of the performance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love that I can think, like, I don't know if you've been doing this, but I've been looking at my old sets and I've been working on it. I've been like, Dog. oh, I see that this could have been better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here, right quick, let me show you what I've been, what I've been. <laughs> you see that over there? Yeah. <laughs> the VCR right there. That's what I've been, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I've been looking at my old shit. Yep. Looking at like, old shit. Know, Good Brothers, like, you know, Sherwin and Jason and all that, and they, like, they recorded a lot of me, like, a lot of yeah. my headliner sets. Yeah. Um, and I look back over it, and I'm like, oh, I was really stumbling onto something there. And yeah. I see, like, the threads, and I realize that, like, part of finding your voice is being willing to listen to yourself and listen mm-hmm. to others and yeah. see where you stand out in the space of it. And so that, I think that's what I love most about this, is that the, where people are calling me to show up and perform are opportunities like this. Like mm-hmm. people want to hear me more. Like it. Yeah. Like I'm one of those comedians that people 
the audience wants to rush to after this, the set's over to like get into the weeds of shit. Yeah. And not just like high sound, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not yeah. just like hoorah, you know what I'm saying? Like tell me yeah. more. Well, that's so interesting. And I feel like it's something Chappelle said to Will Smith. He's like, it's not really about being funny. It's like, did people find you interesting enough to listen? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's the real bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm really been exploring like what that means for me. And I know you've been like egging me on for a while, like Russ, you should before you start your pod, like, you know, get on it. These are other areas you could explore. Should have been done. And we all should have been. This right now, I think for, not to cut you off, but this right now for a lot of comics is an opportunity to really start building what they haven't had time to do. Yeah. And with work and for me anyway, with work and going out, like that's kind of taken away from what I really would like to do. Don't get me wrong. I like performing, but open mics are fun right are they necessary for me i don't think so yeah but i like being around younger comics i like that energy i also like that hustle hustle, and it's uh i got this is an interesting thing that's why i say i don't really miss it because the part that i miss is just being around the other comics but also you know sometimes going up is I'm like, oh shit! I gotta go up now. Instead I'll of sitting out, do, just hanging out, sitting out and hanging in the back with you guys. Yeah, that to me is the, is fun. Well, it's also important. Yeah, because that's that's your that's your other family. Yeah, like this is mm-hmm. the group that you identify with, where you can like. There's a certain level of trust that we know we can talk about anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. without judgment and if we judge you it's only because we're trying to make it funnier you know what i'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. to make you in service of you becoming better yeah the thing the thing that i miss is like i miss obviously i miss black women like that's that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a very you follow <laughs> russ on instagram you'll notice <laughs> I'm like, gonna put up. I'll put up both of our insta, our our uh, our what's them calls right here. <laughs> I miss, but then I was like, I had to check myself and like, it's like, how is it that? Alright, geez. Like, do you miss the accoutrement? Like, you miss what comes with comedy, or do you miss comedy? Like, that's what I started like really trying to unravel. Uh, the idea was, thing, like, of course. But I, I definitely miss a space to like talk through my ideas. Yeah. I miss like chopping it up to, with Teresa and Mary, you know what I'm saying? And mm. Justin, right? I miss like certain venues, but I also miss the, the familiarity of going to the regular spots. You know what I mean? Like that was mm-hmm. my community. But truly do I miss like the parking, the nonsense, the fake beefs, the drama. I don't miss none of that shit. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. I don't miss like shoulda, coulda, woulda, like an industry shit. Yeah. I don't miss none of that shit. What I do miss is it's kind of like when I saw my 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 peers like excel and move on from DC. Kind of feel yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's like I missed I missed that crew, but I also know that like that would edge me up to motivate me to do more and to do better and to grow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I know that when again whenever whenever like a podcast comes around, I'm one of the first people people holler at to jump on, and I'm like, oh, there's something there. Yeah. Like maybe I need to step more fully into that space. You know what I'm saying? That's to let you know something though. I mean, your voice wants, like, people want to hear your voice. Yeah. And I think they'll give you an opportunity. But after that, you know, 
entertain there's entertainment but there's also interest like that's the that's how we're that's what we're selling here so yeah yeah and well for me it lets me know that they're like me or comedy and interest or yeah like comedy is like there's one of the first things i thought about comedy is like how image focused it is like how you mm -hmm. present is so much of comedy yeah building your clown um, yeah but then i didn't like that because the comedy that i love was like albums Right. I fell in love with Richard Pryor before I ever saw his face. Carlin before I ever saw his face. Cosby before I ever saw his face. Right. The record had me dying laughing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, you know, I'm a very reductive on stage. I don't move around a lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't really raise my voice a lot. Like, I want you to hear the words that I'm saying. Um, and I don't perform as much. But then you like, there's other people that are much more dynamic. And they're true performers. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's what they're doing. That's not, that's not me. Yeah. I think it like depends on the show. Too. You want to see me on radio or like host a TV show or some shit. <laughs> I'm like, okay. just put you in the box already. Just three. Yeah, like there. here's where you belong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, but even if that's what you want to do, then that's, you know. I don't know. I could definitely, I could see myself doing a show with you. Like, you yeah. know, I love talking to you. Yeah. I feel like we get each other. Like, you, it feels like almost like we were trained in the same challenge temple. Like we're yeah. like forty-year-old brothers of a of a certain like cultural background. Mm -hmm. I think you're more academic, but I'm more of a I'm I've always been. I, I think it's just from being in the army and be. I know how to let someone else like be in be in their thing, but also not be pushed over, yeah. which I had to learn that too, but. I think that's something that we both do. We make room for someone else. And I think you can work with anybody, honestly, if they work like, if they have that same energy coming back and forth. It's not just pull, it's not take, 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 it's give and take. Yeah, it's reciprocal. For me, it's, yeah. it's like, it's all about the vibes. Like for me, yeah. like, um, there's a certain social currency that comes mm -hmm. in conversations. Yeah. Like I'm not going, like, I always enter a conversation with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Like, um, <laughs> I'm less of like, like, I can find myself in a conversation getting annoyed when someone says something like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, nigga, why are we trying to make points? Like, it's yeah. not a debate. You're not trying to, I'm not trying to win right. this. Like, I'm yeah. just talking to you, though. <laughs> yeah. You gonna look at your notes, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> we... <laughs> We just talking. We just trying to have a <laughs> Hold on, check the scorecard. Judges. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you're not getting you're not getting shit if you whatever if you win. But I didn't realize that there was that there were people that were envious of me in comedy until I until I started listening more. Definitely. And the things they started to say was very like suspect. Like, yeah. They'd be like, well, you get to do da 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 And I'm like, I get yep. to do. <laughs> yep. I was like, huh, I never, never heard that before. Like, I never knew. But, I mean, I guess that comes with it, man. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. If we go back, I mean, I think there's a new lane open now, that the online Zoom show. And I think that's, like, endless. If the comics are comfortable with it, of course. I mean, I'm I've, here for I'm doing my first one that expands comedy. Period. Yeah, and I think that will. Because um, it 
it doesn't seem right that we're still doing something they did in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Well, if, we, if, we, if we even go back further than that, like to vaudeville, like this, this is yeah. an old art form. You know what I'm saying? That's when they stole each other's jokes and shit. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they it's time just to, do. Yeah. Maybe it's time to evolve. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like you said. That's when they stole. Like that shit doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it was open and it was a lot more. But yeah, they still they still still a lot. I've noticed. It's. I don't know, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't say too much, but it's just like I see other people. Here's I see I people do something that somebody else did on TV and they do it. At, and I'm like, we all know, dog. Why are you, <laughs> why are you doing that? For me, like, the only thing that would hurt is if I did a joke that people knew was mine. Right. And then someone became famous because of it. And, I, mm. and not, there was nothing in return coming my way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like to be okay. So, for instance, you know how like uh, Tony Woods got that write up in New York Times about like this dude made Chappelle Dave Chappelle, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, Tony's been saying for as long as I've known him, you know what I mean, that that's the reality. Yeah. But I just wouldn't get to get to. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know that I could sit comfort comfortably in that. I know that I like, like if I was Dr. J and I contributed to Michael Jordan doing the finger roll, I'd be excited. Right, but but if my, but I know Dr. J is like, God damn, I want to be a billionaire too, nigga. Like, what's yeah. Up? <laughs> but also, I mean, there's also a pressure that comes to it. Now, with the fame, comes all this other shit that went along with it, and I think that Dave Chappelle handled it the way he handled it, and you got to look at it like, do you think Tony feels like he could have handled it? that way or do you think he would have cracked before that or not cracked but do you think he would have dealt with it differently before that do you think he would have even got to that level because first first i can't speak for tony because i don't you know that's his walk of course he made he made his choices yeah right i can't speak for dave what i am saying though is it's important to understand where you have power and how you show mm-hmm. up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, I know that, especially in like the time when Tony started, mm-hmm. the ministry was you do your stand up, then you do movies. Right. Right. And then you're a superstar. You do Def Jam and then you do movies right after that. Like that's and the then next. You're, and then you just never have to worry about money. again. Right. That's the mm-hmm. dream that we still to this day when people start comedy have bought into. Yeah. The, the beauty of this current generation is that like with the internet um, wave is like, you don't need 800 million people liking and loving you. No, nope. you need 100,000 people. You need 100,000 people, people that really love you. That and you're really good. Fuck with you. Yeah. Really fuck forever. with you. And you good. <laughs> you good. Right. Cause that'll grow. Right. And you can get those people to, I mean, if they like you, they like you, no matter what. So Janelle James said something like, if she had thought about this, she would have been a minister. <laughs> <laughs> like if she knew, if she knew what she had to do, like the, the maintaining that she had to do. Well, no, I, th- I think instead of like the, the power that comes with being able to speak in public and say whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. 
without like, there being a punchline at the end of it. <laughs> right. Like just, you know, if I wanted to just secure the bag, like this is clearly the lane. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, like I'm trying to decouple uh, our larger like notion of what success is from yeah. comedy for me. Like I yeah. want to be very um, intentional about what I, what my goals are in comedy and be mm-hmm. very, like I do want to be able to live an independent life because of comedy and because yeah. of my writing. Um, I do want to live abundantly as a result of that. Yeah, I do want to retire working my nine to five, but I'm also recognizing I'm very thankful to have a nine to five to be in this position now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like niggas aren't filming anything right now. <laughs> like there's no themselves. That's it. <laughs> Everybody's Instagram is a is their face. Like as you if you do the what's it called the cube or whatever, that it's their damn face. Yeah, everybody's and, on live now. Everyone. Yeah, everybody. There's a certain time, like four. They're probably yeah. I was gonna say they're probably on live right now. Like your phone is lit up with uh, somebody starting a live, and then it just populates. Who are you fucking with? Who are you plugging into? Um, Anthony Oaks. Hey, Oaks. I like okay, okay. I like that. I think you were on this last show. Was that the last one? Uh, I loved it. Y'all well, talked you know, about so, is it is. One, it, is it like a debate show? Y'all talked about uh, Insecure. Oh, you're talking about uh, Black Think Tank. Yeah. 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 That's I, a good I one. I don't know. Um, first of all, let me say um, unequivocally, I love Anthony Oaks. I think he's very creative, brilliant, you know, young Black mm-hmm. artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think comedy is too small a box for him, fr- frankly. Like, he's yeah. one of those type of brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I'm always honored to do, like, his shows. But the thing that I, that I loved about that space more than anything is I knew entering it that I wanted to do it. I was excited about doing it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was going to be like a safe space to just talk openly mm-hmm. about black art. And that's what that's like how he pitched it to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's like, hey, you know, you talk about insecure. I always like like the things that you talk about, you know, on your social media and when you talk in person, would you like to be a part of my show? I'm like, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the format, like the who was in the room was great. Um, you know, Haywood, is, he's another one of these, big, these brothers I think is bigger than comedy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's, he's, he's always thinking about the profound and thinking about us, and, and he's always in service of shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to see him and his wife, um, Amber J, she's, she had this podcast that I loved. She's like, you can, you can tell how, like, a, like, her level of awareness, you know what I'm saying, in conversation. Mm-hmm. And then just like, it's like, it's the right amount of energy in the room that stimulates yeah. a good conversation. So for me, and then it's like, we're talking about something that's very beloved in the community. Mm-hmm. Like people love Insecure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's very a beloved television for me. Very, uh, um, what's, the, what's the word? Um, not explosive, damn it. Uh, not compelling. What's the word when people have one feeling about shit? Polarizing. Polarizing, dog. Yeah. People fucking, when they talk about Molly, they fucking love Molly or they hate Molly. So that shit is like perfect, especially this season. Like people are going in on Molly this season. Molly's the perfect hateable character. She is. Because you want her to win so much. Yeah. And then you go, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? She's she's like of that... um, What's the word? She's Huxtable-esque. She's yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
You what are you doing, Vanessa? Yeah. What are you? What are you doing, Vanessa? Going on a fake? Why are you lying to Claire about right. a concert that you went to out of town? What are you doing? But also, she's the black woman, the character, if you will, archetype. She's the black woman who has seemingly has it all. Yeah. But is, and is not winning by society standards for what is success. She doesn't right. have a man, she doesn't have a husband. You know what I mean? She's got a good job, but she's still struggling in the workplace. Yeah. She has a friend circle, but she's, you know, her friends are either always in need of her or, or she's always in need of them. And she can't yeah. stand up on her shit. She's emotionally distraught. She's still yeah. chasing her ex nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like she has all the mm-hmm. things that we are struck by in the yeah. community. So like, she's much more interesting on a complex level than anybody else. Like. Not a lot of other characters have have any level of depth, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like for me, this um, I watched the. Do you watch it on HBO? The the recap episodes. No, I have I haven't been watching though. No. You should do it, dog. Because like at the end of the episode, they, they break have it down. The wind down. Yeah, they, yeah. They I've watched a couple. Yeah, yeah, I love that shit. I love because you know I like this. The I like the writing process. And I like the like the producing process. I like to think about like how they got to the story. Yeah. So for me, that that's, that shit is, I think Issa Rae is, we, we got to give her her flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would hate to, I would hate to think about her as anything less than like the Sydney Portiers of the generations before us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she's pivotal. She also has this writer, um, I forgot his name, but he had a he also had a late night show. He was an anchor on I think the Daily Show for a while, Black Writer. Okay. Um, okay. George, not George Wilborn. There's another one. Um, but he also he did a talk show kind of like the Daily Show too. Yeah. But it just wasn't as good. He did the correspondence dinner and um he bombed terribly. <laughs> but he did it with Obama though. And he called Obama, he said, uh, nigga, please, to Obama, like, at the dinner. And everybody oh, was like, talking about Larry oh, Wilmore. Larry Wilmore, that's, yeah, yeah. I think he's, okay. Okay. So he this, writes with her. Larry Wilmore has been in the game for, like, 30, 40 years, dog. Yeah, he's been he's around forever. He's an OG. OG, OG. Like, he wrote on the PJs. You wrote the PJs? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. for me... I think what Larry Wilmore struggles with is his the comedic voice he writes in doesn't match the face. Exactly. So it's like And the voice too. You. Yeah, we don't right. believe you. I don't know, dog. <laughs> it's like when I think of black person, this is not you. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna say his name, but it's like a comic in the in DC that says every time he says the N-word, yeah. it's like, come on, dog, this is not you don't say that. <laughs> you don't say it enough. Like you don't practice it enough for me to yeah. believe you. Yo, if you ask Tony Woods, that's me. He's like, no, oh, really? you need to take that out of your set. <laughs> he, said, he said, you're too young, gifted, and black to you. Be saying that. <laughs> man, yo. Yo, well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad we got a chance to talk, man. We definitely going to talk again. Um, Always love talking. We got to do a lot. We got to do a lot more of these, man. Just yeah, to... Look. You not even recorded. I mean, y'all are cool, but <laughs> not even recorded. Just to holler at you, you know, just to see how you're doing. Cause yeah, man, this shit right now, people just you never know. I mean, the guy 
Michael Yo, I think he got coronavirus. He was on Joe Rogan's show. He had coronavirus and like pneumonia at the same time. Like some crazy shit. Well, this, well, and, the thing is, it's like for me, some somebody, a friend of mine was talking about like this is like HIV AIDS in the eighties. Yeah. Like HIV is the virus, and then you get AIDS, which is the disease, and that's the same mm-hmm. thing for coronavirus and COVID. You know what I'm saying? Or SARS or whatever it is when it comes when it becomes like deadly. Yeah. Um, it, it just caused the to light how we think about our health. Yeah. It's something that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like at a very simple level, like this is a respiratory infection, right? Mm-hmm. And that yeah, breathing is what keeps you alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's very funny that like people are struggling with having the opportunity to sit home and breathe. Yeah. And sit, and sit still for a while. <laughs> and just like, chill. Nigga, They're like, blessed. <laughs> I'll risk not being able to breathe if I can just go out, go outside. For steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not dying I'm not distancing myself. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't. There's it's nothing. Crazy. There's nothing out there that I want so bad, except for maybe a hug from my mom. Right. Now I'm willing to die for it. But that's what that's that's what that's what the reframing I was telling you about. Like Mother's Day, I was like, I'm not hugging my mom because I'm aware enough that she might might not be able to survive this hug, and I'd rather right. have her around next year <laughs> than not yeah. and and yell that today. <laughs> no, bro. Anytime, like any yeah, you know that dog. Anytime you want to chop it up, I'm I'm available to you, dude. All right, appreciate you, man. Baby. Yeah, you too. Baby. Take care of the family, bro. We'll do, man. Peace. All right, I'll talk to you. And that was Russ Green, uh, one of my favorite uh, dudes to to holler at in the DC area. Uh, check him out at Russ Jokes on Instagram. And you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'll see you next time.